This is the GPL Podcast from GopherPuckLive.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 159. Yes, it's a lot of podcasts, but uh, we've brought back our favorite guest, Frank Wizaka, who was on show number two back nine years ago now, and uh, now making his seventh appearance on the podcast. Frank Mazzacco, how are you doing? You And you haven't looked back, have you? And it was just <laughs> like a skyrocket right from the right from number two. Hey, I'm doing fine. Thanks. You Thanks know, for, uh, it, people can still have access to those old podcasts. They're all still out there from episode one all the way through to today. And boy, is it terrible. But, you know, that's they how just you don't that, die to that. Yeah, that. Well, no, but that's how you learn, though, too. You know, you learn how to do these podcasts and you figure out how to record them and figure out how to do them live and now we have live people listening to us right now so it's uh technology has brought us far and we're all on our computers our phones and doing all this it's a uh, it's pretty cool stuff so because i know you're a big tech guy as you told me this past weekend <laughs> oh you, well yeah i <laughs> old school tech <laughs> duh, duh, duh. <laughs> no i like to stay as current as i can i mean there's increasingly like by the day there's something that i i'm thinking i'm not even gonna try to figure that out by the time i'm you know toes up what well, no way am i gonna it's just you, don't need it you embrace technology more than a lot of people i love it i mean yeah, you've got cool. the ipad there with you at the games where you could look up things and you are you're even sending audio from your ipad at times aren't you during the broadcast? Um, not uh, haven't done it this year. There's been no call to do it yet this but year. You but you have in uh, the past, and that's been that's, oh sure, yeah, and yeah. that's uh, that's technology right at your fingertips, and you could be out in who knows where, and to be able to do that type of stuff. So, no, uh, it's great. I mean, I really appreciate. It. I've been using it for a while. It, um, you, you know, just gave us another dimension. The, the hard part is that it, I haven't found an easy way to edit on my <laughs> iPad, and therefore. I got to, it's not worth it to slug around a whole, you know, a yeah. great big laptop. Um, garage but, band is your friend. I'm sure garage band would work pretty well. Maybe I'll have to give you some lessons sometime. We'll yeah. have to see, but, but you embrace technology. Wally Shaver, not so much, but he did, you know, he did a few years ago. Your partner in crime did get an iPhone. So he's moving up. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, we're going to teach him how to use the internet. Oh, no. And, and, no you and don't want him, to go there. And get him on the podcast. Don't want to go there. I um, <laughs> no, no stories out of school, but um, <laughs> Wally does well with hockey and uh, his boat um, and things that you can actually that are tactile. Uh, just don't get him into digits. Oh, boy. Well, that's Frank Mazakwa, and uh, Hammy's off again this week. Hammy's working on a, a big project for work. He's just got, you know, they're introducing a new product. He's kind of the main guy behind it, and you know what? That takes precedence. But as always, Vigo, you're here. How you feeling? 
I'm feeling great this week. Uh, looking forward to another weekend of hockey here. Uh, nonstop action right now. Oh, I love it when the season gets going. Now that we're, everyone's playing, we're in the league play now. Um, not the best of weekends, I would say, Vigs. Um, you know, they got the extra point and, and a tie on Friday and uh, a loss on Saturday. Um, and a lot of people were saying it, and the stats bear it. Uh, faceoffs really kind of killed them this past weekend. Yeah, and Bob Motzko said we're not allowed to ask him about the team being young, but <laughs> having troubles in faceoffs is a sign of a young team. I think early in the year we saw some issues with them getting into their defensive coverage off of a faceoff loss, things you can do in the neutral zone and things you can't do. Well, this weekend against a veteran Notre Dame team, they got exposed. You had a lot of inexperienced centers who don't have a lot of moves trying to do the same thing over and over again, and Notre Dame just took advantage and dominated the circle and had Minnesota chasing the puck all weekend long. And, Frank, you know, faceoffs have been a big deal forever for this Gover team. You know, I recall back in the day when you were calling TV with the Wooger, I remember specifically the Wooger saying, boy, you know, they might be 50-50 on faceoffs, but they're losing critical faceoffs at critical times in, like, the defensive zone or when you're on a power play. And the Wooger knew it was important then, and it's important now. Faceoffs are big, and it killed them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, the faceoffs – if you're, you know, if you've lost maybe by 10 draws, I mean, it's not going to make a huge difference. But when they're as lopsided as they were on Saturday night, yeah, that's telling because you're going to spend 30 seconds of your 45-second shift chasing the puck. And then let's say you do get it with 15 seconds left, you gotta, you're going to dump it in and you're going to go off on a change. So, I yep. mean, that's where it kills you. But you, you bring up a little point there about Doug and – I I wish somebody would have picked up on it stats-wise. I mean, he wants to know offensive zone, defensive zone face-offs. The stuff at neutral ice is it, not as critical. Mm -hmm. And so the, he'd like a little separation in the stats there. And, um, I, you know, I think that'd be pretty good, too. Although, I don't know, maybe the majority of face-offs are in the end zones anyway. So it may not reveal anything significant. What? But I think one of the things about the neutral zone face-offs it allows you as a center to try different things, you know, so you're not always going to the same move all the time. You know, you can try stuff out in the neutral zone a little bit because it's a lower risk play. Sure. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. And why couldn't the yeah. stats team give you those kind of stats? I'm sure they keep track of it. They might not give it to, you know, the public, you know, to the, the official game stats, but um, that's easily well, something I'm sure, you can track. Yeah, I'm sure coaches have it, but it's a matter of having the technology lined up to do it too because, um, you know, a lot of the stats are, are electronically punched in anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we still get the handwritten shot chart, but, um, yeah, I, I think in order to do that, break it up, you got to have a different function key on your laptop to punch in a win or a loss offensive zone something like that i'm gonna get rob i'm gonna get rob shield on that he'll take it over he'll give us yeah i'm sure he will you, you've got influence he, he's, he's i'm sure they're excited to get into face-off stat keeping <laughs> details <laughs> well, this is a good week to ask about it well, well rob listens to the podcast so rob knows now just to hey once his zone, just say hey offensive zone loss defensive zone loss or win and i mean they're already keeping track of face-offs 
They know who's winning. They know who's going against each other. Let's put it this way. Rob Shield is the official score of the, the most reliable stats crew anywhere. Yeah. And I really don't want to burden him with any more because <laughs> perfect is fine right now. Those guys are good. So, uh, yeah, we don't we didn't, don't need to go any further, I don't think. We're, we're all right. And, and our boy But Tom, you know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see the, the coach's stats on hits and giveaways and turnovers and things like that. But probably never see those, I don't think. The video guy would keep track of that, wouldn't he, Viggs? He would. He would probably more call those out for um, video review. And if there's anything specifically they were looking for, I know last year Bob Moscow, the big thing was he was looking for scoring chances created and scoring chances given up. And that was one of the ways that he would evaluate playing time for guys. You know, taking over a new team, you know, he wanted to have some actionable data to make decisions on because he he didn't really know what he was getting into last year at the team, and <laughs> he needed to have something to help guide him. I think this year he's got a little bit more of a feel and an artistic vision for what he wants to be doing, and so I think he's doing it more by feel. So what else happened this weekend in your eyes, Viggs? You know, like I said, the tie Friday night, the, the loss Saturday night. Um, like I said, they did pick up the extra point on Friday night uh, when Sammy Walker scored three-on-three, which is the first three-on-three point they've ever gotten. They've only had a few of them, but they finally got that. And boy, I want to say Nate kept other stats, too, that they've they've rarely picked up the extra point. But it was important that they did. But what else did you see this weekend that was good or was bad, Viggs? Well, I think there are two big things I took away from the weekend. One, we saw the good side of uh, Jackson Nelson and Jack Perbex. Bob Botskow has been using this analogy that all of his freshmen have their airline tickets, meaning they have the talent and they're ready to contribute, but he's waiting for them to check in for their flights. Well, those (laughs) two had a great weekend. I thought they played great games both nights, uh, both ends of the rink. They were good on face-offs. They had good intensity through the weekend. Uh, They developed a little bit of confidence. You could see it when Perbex walked a D at the offensive blue line to create a scoring chance. I thought they played really well. And then on the flip side, I think we saw a lot of frustration coming out of Sammy Walker and Blake McLaughlin. Sammy Walker's been leading the Big Ten in penalties, and you can just see the frustration come out uh, being the the targeted line for Minnesota. You know, they're seeing the top defensive units. They're seeing the top uh, checking forwards, and it's frustrating them. You're watching them. They probably could have got more stick penalties behind the play this last weekend. I, I saw at least two or three times where Walker and McLaughlin were putting their stick and other players' hands behind the play, and there's just no need for that. They're too good of players to be spending that kind of time in the penalty box. So some of the good and bad from the weekend. What about you, Frank? What was good for you and what was bad for you? Bad. All right, so face-offs are out of the question, right, because we've gone <laughs> through that. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much um, a given. You know, I I guess just the overall, um, if there was going to be just a tie and a loss and and an overtime, you know, a three-on-three goal, would have been better to have that on Saturday night because you're left with this bitter taste of this uh, Saturday game where it was close till, you know, the end, and then you realize you weren't close at all, that there was no way you were going to get through Notre Dame. Once they got their lead, they just kind of locked down and, and then all of a sudden it seemed like there was just greater separation, even more so than the two games against Minnesota Duluth, even though they, they lost the two of them and they got shut out in one of them. So, I mean, it felt like the 
the, it felt like the gap was bigger this weekend and probably in part because you thought you were going to grow a little bit and grow a little closer to the teams higher up in the rankings, but it, it didn't happen. So to me, that's the bad part is the emotional letdown of this thing. And, you know, now four games without a win and, um, and now you look back on that and you only got seven, seven goals, I think in those four games, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's starting to stretch the taffy a little thin, I think. Well, um, it, it, the thing is, it's very unfortunate because like, you know, they did get that, uh, so-called extra point on Friday night, got some excitement and then they jumped out to that nice two goal lead also. I mean, they had things going for them. What happened? Viggs? Well, I think when Notre Dame got their first goal, you know, it came off a power play opportunity that they got from kind of a not so great call. Uh, <laughs> and that puts your team in a tough spot and it gives Notre Dame some momentum. And then Notre Dame tied it up on a goal where Minnesota lost a faceoff and just did not have the intensity to finish the play and basically gave the Irish a game-tying goal. And then they had some issues with a couple soft goals to to finish out the night, and I think that's been one of the things that's challenged the Gopher goaltenders so far is shots through traffic that they just got to stay big. You know, the two goalies that the Gophers have are big athletic goalies and they're just giving up these goals through traffic where they're getting caught looking around. Uh, so that's something they've got to address. You know, if you're a big goalie, you don't want to be caught giving up holes in your body. You want to just get big and let the puck hit you. Didn't Eric Shearhorn have a little bit of the same issue in his first year, maybe year and a half where he just wasn't you just didn't see his head bobbing enough to look through the trees to see where the puck was. He was kind of just waiting for the crowd to clear, and it oftentimes didn't. And he was well, and Robson, very volatile. Robson had that issue too, and he really cleaned it up. And I think that's one of the things that made Robson the number one goalie last year is that he identified that issue, cleaned it up, was able to get his head to see pucks, but he never put himself out of position. And that's the thing. you got to be able to fight to see through the traffic, but you can't create holes by letting your arms get wide. Right, yeah. yeah. So it's a combination of things to be able to fight through traffic and then not create holes. We saw Mo both nights, uh, Viggs. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I thought Mo was pulling ahead. I think we talked about this last week on the podcast yes. that I thought he was going to get the Friday night start, and if he played well, he'd get the next night, you know, Coaches do like to have a number one if they emerge, and so he wanted to give him that chance after LaFontaine had gotten the Friday night start all the weeks before. Looked pretty good through the first period on Saturday, but then those soft goals just came up throughout the night. You kind of have these young goalies, they want to fight to make plays, and sometimes they need to be more relaxed in those situations. And I think it burned them a little bit. You get that mental stress of being in the net so long can really impact you. And, boy, I got to tell you, I was listening to you guys uh, Friday night, Frank, and I turned it on in the first period, and uh, it sounded like Mo gave up the first shot on goal again. <laughs> and I'm thinking, uh, because, yeah, I'm thinking you've got to be kidding me. It was Luckily, it was called off, but I'm listening to you guys on the radio. I'm in my car screaming, are you kidding me? Because it would have been four games in a row for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Motsko didn't uh, hesitate to mention it in the post game either. You know that. You know, once again, we he's, we're four for four in that department. But yeah, you know. But I, the thing about Jared Mo is, I think he attacks that position. I think he's a 
he's a little more assertive and, and maybe Viggs, you might uh, say that maybe he's wandering a little too much or, or a little bit out of control, but um, he, you know, he's, I, I think he's trying to make a, make more things happen rather than the, the LaFontaine style, which is more kind of letting the puck come to him a little more controlled, a little more cool. But I, I think Motsko likes the spirit of a Jared Moe who, who wants to go out there. He wants to get it. And I think that's why he got back-to-back starts, among the reasons. Yeah, and I just think college goaltending, there's so much more traffic in front of you. And the players are more experienced. They know what gets to goalies and they know what works. It's just something that he's going to have to adjust to and, and pick up his learning curve. Yeah. Boy, I know the, 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 two, the past two weekends that I've seen Moe play – you know, this past Saturday night, I've been in perfect position to see that puck the entire way to the net when it went in. I mean, there's a huge open spot. Um, I could see just from the angle, and I could see it was going to go in long before it went in because you could see it from a long ways away. So I think you're right there, V. He's maybe not looking around those screens, and he needs to be a little more active in that area because if I could see it that far away, because I'm, I'm 200 feet away at least, and, boy, I saw it go right in the net the entire way. Well, you just have to trust your positioning as mm-hmm. a goalie. And once goalies get that comfort comfort level, that comes a little more naturally, I think. And important for him to find it while his team still has confidence in him back there. Yes. You know, which so far, so good. You know, we're, we're early. And I'm hoping, you know, things will be uh, – there'll be a different mood this weekend going against Michigan. I don't think – the, the top 10, the battle against the top 10 will be hanging over the team. Um, these two squads might be a little more evenly matched. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe they can find themselves in, in different ways against Michigan. Is there, uh, any, is, there not, any, is there any way that LaFontaine doesn't start Friday night, guys? <laughs> um, Viggs, I don't know. Were you there Tuesday? I thought I heard I – w- I was out doing a, my interview, and when I came back, I thought – thought I heard somebody say that uh, Motsko committed to starting him on Friday. He didn't Did commit to which night he was going to start him, but he said both goalies are going to play against Michigan. Oh, he, didn't, okay. he didn't tip who was going to get the first night. Uh, so I think regardless of how the goalie does on Friday night, the other one will get a look on Saturday. Uh-huh. So I, I think LaFontaine's chomping at the bit to get back in there, and I think Motsko wants to give both guys a chance to find their game. Right. And I think it's important for both of them to play uh, in a road series, too, because if if one of them does wind up being a main goaltender for next year, uh, I think it's important for them to have played in as many of these away buildings as they possibly can. And, and it's definitely different than, you know, the opening weekend at CC and maybe just one game in Duluth. You know, Yost is quite the place to play, isn't it, Frank? It's fun. I, I, you know, yeah, the fans are rabid in there, but I can't imagine a player, a visiting player, not enjoying playing in that uh, building. I mean, it's just a fun atmosphere. And, and it's I, constant noise. Yeah, and I recall you saying in the past that there's not a lot of pumped in music. It's a lot of the band playing and just the students participating. Yeah. It's just fun. I'll bet it's an eighty twenty mix band to recorded music. Oh, um, that would be nice. yeah. No, it's fun, and the and the students don't sit down. They don't sit down. They don't shut up, which is great. I mean, the whole thing just is a—it's an entire show. It's kind of like Vegas. I don't know if been, <laughs> we were that one game out there. Was it last? Yeah, last yeah, fall. Last I season. Mean, once, um, once the pregame skate starts, uh, it's entertainment until the game is over. 
and it doesn't stop. It's just constant music and videos. That's Vegas, but it's a little different, a little more subdued at Yost, but it's, it's the same deal. It's entertainment all the way through. Viggs, we need to plan a road trip out to, to uh, Michigan one of these days. Yeah, McManus called it one of his favorite buildings to play in. He's looking forward to seeing all the, the chirps from the children of Yost and just the <laughs> energy in the building in general. Well, I know I'm looking forward to it. But we've got some... You guys should be out there. Go. Just... I haven't traveled in ages. <laughs> I've done the you little... don't travel well? Well, that too, but... Uh... You know, back in the day, I, you know, I've been to Grand Forks. I've been to, you know, I go to Mankato and St. Cloud and Duluth. And it's been a while. I mean, I haven't been back to Madison since uh, Phil Kessel put his uh, hand up to his ear. Oh, that's like that's 12 years ago. ago. That's, that, that's 13, some time ago. Yeah. So, I mean, and you know, you're getting older and it's not as easy to travel. And Viggs, you know that. You have a family now. How many road trips have you been going on lately? Not too many. Just to Duluth because <laughs> I love yeah. that town. Duluth is fun. I'm hoping, you know, eventually we go back to the, not the home and home, but a full weekend up there or a full weekend down here. That's coming. A couple more years yeah, once I they think. get out of this current contract. <laughs> well, let's talk about some of those road stuff because, uh, you know, by, by the time that happens, boys, we're going to have new leagues and we're going to have oops. an interlocking schedule. Oh, geez. Let's upset the fans even more, Frank, because <laughs> we know they're not pissed off still at all. Well, Just no. when we start to like Big Ten hockey. Yes, right? the there'll Big be another Ten's, the, the Big the Ten's not going to go away. You're just going to have an interlock with uh, with the NCHC or some combination of oh, whatever geez. leagues are going to be around. And then those games will have meaning. There will be points on the board. Uh, this will be about one year after I become hockey czar of the country. But I'm not really. I, <laughs> I think they should think about that because there's going to be some changes. There has to be some changes made. What with the WCHA saying what they're going to do or not do or who they're going to play with or not play with, there's going to have to be some changes made. And I, I think it would be great if somebody would just take an overall look, not with the East so much, because I don't think you want to mess out there and, and screw yeah. the East yeah. up like we've screwed the West up, but just kind of find a way to get some geographic balance and competitiveness and get some rivalries back in. Because I, I think, the Michigan schools and, and Ohio, I, that, that, the old CCHA group, I think they wish that they had some of that back that they had before also. So I, I don't think we're the only ones pining for what used to be. <laughs> but the thing is, no one's going to get their uh, exemption anymore because the last schools will probably be gone. Well, then you lobby the NCAA and give them two more, get yourselves two more games. Maybe it's unfortunate, but that's just kind of how things are moving right now. Yeah. Who knows? Well, we've got some questions from Twitter from earlier today and uh, our, our boy, Tim Hapke wants to know, <laughs> I think I know the answer to this. Has Frank ever been harassed by opposing fans at an arena or after a game at a restaurant? <laughs> boy, I didn't read the question that way um <laughs> no, he said, well, yes has, yes he has yeah. that's a yes or no question so yes <laughs> he has what's the most memorable one of those frank some good church whoa. Oh, whoa you're opening wounds here that are <laughs> you i had two of my fox colleagues escort me to my room because they feared for my life let me guess grand forks I don't know if I want to go that far. Uh, 
You know what the crazy thing was? It, it involved uh, two people who were uh, actually three from Minnesota. Shocking. Happened to be going to school up there. No, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding you. No, I'm, it doesn't. And, and it was the thing is that it's so bizarre. It wasn't. Um, you know, maybe I did lip off a little bit, but you you be the judge. I'll tell you the story. Um, the kid wouldn't tell me where he was. From. I say a kid because when he was in there, he was yeah. in the lobby. He was drinking. So, but you know, at my age, almost everybody's a kid. Yes. And he, you know, he wouldn't tell me where he was from. And you know, he's standing there and he's taking little jabs. And I just thought the whole thing was good natured. And then I finally said, "Well, if you don't want to tell me where your hometown is, I said you must not be very proud of your hometown." Was that bad? No. Yeah. So the, then he went nuts. <laughs> you know, and, you know, I can see the veins bulging, and 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 finally, uh, my some of my Fox coworkers said, uh, "Frank, come on, we're going now." <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I had my oh, drink. That yeah. So that was. I mean, I didn't. I, I even then didn't even feel like threatened, except that this guy was a loony bin, and. Um, but somebody else was more worried than I am, and I'm I'm glad she was. She took me under her wing, little mother goose action there. So yeah, that was uh, up in the friendly forks. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> you know the the funny thing is is that uh, I think a lot of those guys miss you and the Wooger on TV. Well, who do they, they have no one to shoot arrows at. Uh, pardon me, but no one to shoot darts at anymore, right? It's, it's kind of one thing, but then, you know, you know, when the broadcast changes and, you know, it's it's not as propped up as it used to be um, back in your time. Um, a lot of those schools complained, boy, it's it's kind of really downhill at Minnesota. And it's, it's not all, it's not the school's fault. It's just kind of how things have evolved over the years. You know, they're on multiple networks and blah, blah, blah. And. And and they like I said they don't have somebody to to go after anymore. Where it was, yeah. it, was it was either you know like uh, you know you and the Wooger or you know back when Tom Reed days and, and they always had you guys to kind of pick on. Sure, mostly because they're jealous because they weren't on you know regional te- television at all until they were you know playing us. So it's just how it goes. I mean, I've I I have. Uh, I've Next had question. I've had a lot of I've had a lot of fun at arenas, but I'm typically pretty disarming, and I just go along with it and play with them. And I haven't gotten beaten up yet. So, well, there were yeah famous fans among parents up in the in the old Ralph mm-hmm. Gopher fans and uh, Gopher parents and and North Dakota fans. I mean, but let me give you a, just a kind. I I really wanted to like not even discuss that. Uh, city, but <laughs> I wanted to throw the positive side out of these road trips. We go down, down to Mankato, and you're open. You you sit basically on a concourse yeah. location. Mm-hmm. You've got fans in front of you, fans behind you. There's absolutely no protection except a little red ribbon at the end of the press row, and they sell alcohol in the building. Yes, right? they do. I have never... That is the most welcoming place to do a game um, uh, that, that I've been in, right? Especially because there you are, you're with them. You sit, you know, and what happens? You turn around and you talk to them. You have a good time. I share them some stats and everything is fine. And they're yeah. drinking. There's no big deal. That's great. <laughs> I, can, I can do that all night. I mean, all year. 
Mankato is one of my favorite places to go these days. Um, it's neat. Well, it's for one thing, it's close to my place because I live out in the middle of nowhere. And it's just... Uh, in the middle of the Milky Way, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Here we go. Just oh, no, knows. you know, but you can see it from there. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yes, I can. And you've seen it too, so... I have. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, Mankato is one of my favorite places. It's... Uh, um, and now it's a, it's a good, it, for me, it's a favorite place to shoot with the camera. You know, they, I could just sit up in that little kind of new little press box they put behind where TV or radio would be. And I get a great view. Yeah. I'm up above the fans. It's great lighting. It's just, it's a fun place. So yeah, neat I'm, building. I'm with you there, but you've also been that close to fans in St. Cloud. I'm guessing that has not always been the greatest. <laughs> Frank just got quiet. Um, <laughs> no, we just had one episode. One one guy came back for a second visit after he was told to leave. Oh, boy. But by that time, I had a cop at my left elbow. Oh, nothing wrong with that. No, that was very good. And then I just did my Don Corleone uh, impression <laughs> and waved a finger. And oh, the man disappeared. He was gone. <laughs> Cop took him right oh, away. He didn't boy. even get up halfway up the stairs. That, that, that was powerful. Was that the same year you did Hockey Day Minnesota with your little Burger King vests? No, no. That was, I think that was later. That was that was the guy with the helmet who sat down there oh, and boy. gave Wooger and I pictures. He always came with a pith helmet. Oh, yes. Um, he was a character, but fun. All right. Well, that one is obviously for Frank. Um, well, we got another we got a couple more questions. We got uh, Ted Schmenke. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but that's okay. He wants to know number one proper term: sweaters or jerseys. I'm going to throw that at you, Vig. Sweater or jersey? Uh, if you're going kind of an old school look, it's definitely a sweater, especially if it's kind of a throwback. Yeah. Okay. Thing. If you're getting you know nostalgic, uh, jersey's the proper thing when you're saying what color people are wearing i think bah, it's Go a ahead. sweater <laughs> it's a hockey sweater sorry Vigs, but it is all right and, and you know like they don't they don't get dressed in the locker room because there are no lockers it's a dressing room mm. and uh, they wear sweaters there it is frank mazako has just determined yeah. it all for us no they more just, ever oh, calling made jerseys. a different Made a different fabric. That's all. But sorry, I, I know you have a fabulous Gopher hockey jersey that says Mazako on the back. Do you still do. have that? I hope that's a nice jersey, actually. I do. I, so let me run this by. Here's what. I, here's my issue with that. Right. Okay. Team gave team gave that to me or administration, whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's my name on the back, and I wore it once. Yeah. And some guy from behind says, "You don't deserve to wear that name on there." Oh, my gosh. Okay, so do I or don't I? What's the etiquette? I think you can do whatever the hell you want, Frank. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, I mean, you've been covering gopher hockey since the late 80s, either on television or on radio with just a couple of years off here and there. I mean, you're, you, were well, the voice, you. you were the voice on television for 20-plus years? Um, way plus. Yeah. Frank is, way, way I, I believe plus. it's 33, 33 years of coverage. <laughs> well, that includes the radio gig and, yeah. um, 
Yeah, it's it's up there. You need an abacus. That's longer than third, anyone else. It's a third of the program's history. Oh. <laughs> there we go again. Yeah, careful there. That was, that's true. It, it's true. Yes, it is. Um, and and obvi- obviously, you know, yeah, you're, you're backing up Wally now because you never know with his voice. You might have to be calling a game here again soon. I doubt it. If he didn't didn't falter last two weekends, he's not going to (laughs) falter. Oh, poor Wally. Good good thing he's not doing TV this weekend either. He he popped a blood vessel in his eye this week. He he just looks like in tough shape. (laughs) He had to skip hockey this week. Uh Uh-oh, that might make him crabby. We don't want I've never seen Wally. Well, I have seen Wally Crabby, but not for public consumption, but but rarely, like once, twice. Well, um, we all know who the Crabby person is. Um, I'm not going there either. <laughs> I, I know. I know who's grumpy. <laughs> I can't wait till he hears the podcast. Sweet. He's yeah. too busy these days. He, Brian he Deutsch does a great job as the SID. But uh, he's got a little one, and so a little less sleep. He gets a little grumpy from time to time. It's it's tough working with these prima donnas out here. And, and you know what? Um, a lot of people don't give uh, him and his staff credit for uh, the TV program. I know you're on Radio Frank, but you know how people are with TV, and they busted their butts to make sure a lot of games are on TV this year. And And they just get hammered, too. You know, people complaining about the Duluth game in Duluth and their broadcasters and the CC game there. And what they don't understand is that uh, they busted their butts to get uh, to be able to pick up these broadcasts. And and it just goes to show how good this program has it for media and how good their television coverage is, how good their radio is compared to all other places in the country. And they, they, they him, them, him and the staff bust their butts to get all this stuff on the air. So we like you, Brian. <laughs> well, let's talk about this weekend, guys. Vigs, we're heading out to Michigan. We've had some good success against Michigan in recent years. Looks, I think they've won that uh, coach's trophy, what, eight out of the last nine years or some kind of strange stat like that. So uh, what's it going to look like this weekend? Do they still got that little spitfire on defense? I don't think they do, do they? No, Quinn Hughes is oh. playing for Vancouver Thank in the goodness. NHL. Is he up with the big club? He's up with the big club. He's he's getting points for them. He's playing a regular role. He is such a good skater that they will go through the growing pains with him. Oh boy, he was he was a good player, boy. And actually, Minnesota did a pretty good job the past few years keeping him off the score, off the tally sheet. I mean, not always, but. Uh, uh, you know, Viggs, you know, I, we've talked about this over the years. It seems like Minnesota has always done a good job against those superstar players. What they've had more trouble with are the superstar lines, you know. they've always they, That Michigan State line killed them so many times. But when it came to individual superstars, Minnesota's been done a pretty good job. And they did a really great job against Mr. Hughes, you know, those last few years. Well, I think one of the things that Mike Genzel did really well was he matched up his defensemen against top players. And it was something he really focused on, was making sure he had his best, most veteran D playing against the top players. Because it's not always matching a line. That can be kind of difficult to do, especially on the road. But defensemen who can play a few more minutes 
you know, you just want to make sure you have good pairs of defensemen out against top players, and they've done a really good job with that. So what does Michigan bring to it this year, Viggs? Well, they still have talent up front, but they're kind of a young team like Minnesota, and they're going through some growing pains. Uh, They took some bad penalties uh, last weekend in their series that probably cost them. Uh, They don't quite have the high-end talent that Michigan teams have had the last couple years, losing Hughes. Uh, They also lost Josh Norris to Ottawa. Uh, Their top player this year is probably Will Lockwood, who's actually a senior, um, a high draft pick by Vancouver. Uh, He was injured a little bit, but he's a top player. Uh, Pashjov, who played with Lindgren growing up, he's back. Uh, So they've got some talent there. Jack Becker from Monomedi, a fun local player to, to keep an eye on. Uh, but they're they're going to go through some growing pains too. I think they're in the lower half of the Big Ten for predictions, and it's going to be an opportunity for Minnesota to find their game again. You know, it's a team that wants to get in transition just as much as the Gophers, so it should be fun hockey to watch. What are you looking forward to this weekend on the Gopher side, Frank? What do they need to do to be successful at Yoast? Can I can I bust format here a little bit and go, go back right to ahead. go right ahead? Uh, but but I will come back. Uh, because I was having uh, an intermittent thing and my Skype was <laughs> blinking. Um, Viggs, did you touch on Cam York and Johnny Beecher? Not really, because those are young players that are kind of the high-end talents. I don't think they're quite the, the top, top talents that Michigan's had, but they're they're highly regarded. They're both first-round picks. And I just, so I just uh, I'm not... I'm not saying good or bad or anything, but I'm just kind of wondering what you've heard so far. I'm just kind of looking. Um, Beecher's four points in eight games. York, four points in five games. So if a first-rounder, first-round pick is only playing five games at this point in the season, you're one, I'm wondering why, which could be injury, but I don't know. I'm, I'm just curious if you had said anything. Yeah, I think they're young <clears throat> players for Michigan that are put into roles that they might not be ready for. So it could be a struggle, I think, for them this year. You know, they're both talented players. Uh, York especially was really good with the development team program, a uh, program that was super successful last year. So they're they're putting a lot on his shoulders. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Jupe, I will answer what I'm looking <laughs> forward to. Um, a continuation of... Uh, what Vig mentioned earlier, and that is the, dis- the development of Jackson Nelson, because this has got the potential of being one of the fine, uh, fun uh, subplots to this whole season. This big guy, it looks like he is a graceful big skater, and I, I hope he can, I hope he can turn into a scorer, because um, they need we, it. Right we got to get, <laughs> we got to get lines two and three going, otherwise. Yeah. Walker and company are going to have no room whatsoever, uh, you know, just what Big was talking about. So, but, you know, and that's what the, the beginning of that Saturday night when you get uh, McManus and who got the other early goal, uh, Reedy. Yes. Yeah, Reedy. And, no, 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 it wasn't Reedy. Um, Burke, I think. I can't remember. I can't remember what I had for breakfast, so. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, but it was not a frontline player. We were getting secondary scoring early on in that Saturday game, and and that's kind of what has to happen. And I hope and I hope Nelson could help start generating some of that stuff. That that would be pretty good. But we got to remember that they're freshmen, and we may not know. You know, we're going to find out two things by the break: whether they're going to flame out 
from all of a sudden having all these games to play, or if those that played in the U.S. League are going to have enough games under their belt that um, the second half they'll be able to get to a, a higher comfort level and start playing more like sophomores. But uh, we got some growing pains to go through yet. Yeah. Well, there's two things I like about Nelson's game. One, he seems to be pretty smooth on the puck. He's not rushing his decisions. He's using his body to create space, and he's making intelligent decisions to move the puck when he does. The other thing I like about him is that he finds his way to the front of the net, and he finds a way to get on the net side of his check. And so what I mean by that is when a defenseman is trying to man him up in front of the goal, he's able to get the defenseman on his back, and so he can put his stick on the puck and make plays in front of the net. And I think that's so key for for big players like Nelson to be able to do. And we don't see that too often in Minnesota, big players who can get around the net. So that's a that's a good skill set to develop. No, we're we're more used to the, the small water bugs down the middle, you know, just scooting up and down the rink. This yep. could be, uh, you know, and then if we can get Scott Reedy going down the middle as well and have two big guys that can do something in front, um, that could give us a, a look we're not used to, but... We need, you know, we're going to have to get contributions, you know, to say, oh, you need it from here. We're going to need it from everybody because nobody's going to be able to pick this whole boat up and carry it by themselves. Um, it's it's going to have to be a lot of role players chipping in and coming through at key times. So it's going to take a lot of work. Well, and speak, I think the, go ahead. The other thing to look at this weekend is to let Walker and McLaughlin just be who they are and not wear so much pressure on their sleeves during the game. Those guys just have to focus on being productive. They can't get the little stuff, uh, let that get to them. Scott Reedy's been put on their line for this week to try to take away some of that responsibility uh, and let them have a little more freedom. Uh, We'll see if that happens. I know they're looking for Reedy to take some draws and take that pressure off for Walker as well. Who are they moving in center? Uh, Myers will go back to center. He looked really quiet with those guys up front last weekend, so I think they want to let him get back into a role where he can impact the game more, and so putting him between Ranta and McManus might be the right spot for him. I think Ranta as well, we got a question about that on Twitter. He's got to find ways to use his shot. You know, He's getting a little tight to the net, and he's been roofing it into the netting. I think he might do better if he – times is moves to the net a little bit more so he has a little bit more space wasn't the uh uh, wasn't the question how are we going to get sampo ranta more room i don't think that's been an issue sampo's been able to navigate pretty much where he wants to go in the offensive zone sometimes to his own detriment he might sometimes he'll ramble a little bit too much but i think skating wise he this and his strength he can go wherever he needs to go, wherever he wants to go. So I don't think it's a matter of getting him space. I think he's got to do something with the space that he finds. Like you say, once you get in position there, you can't be shooting the puck up to Goldie's perch. Uh, it's not <laughs> not productive. And, you know, and that's one of the things you know that uh, Wally was mentioning after the game Saturday. Is like we're still seeing the Gophers making that extra pass when they're in a grade A shooting spot. Um, get the puck on net, uh, Viggs. It's it's Moscow's got to be telling these guys, hey, you're in a good scoring position. You know, in, you know, twenty, fifteen, twenty feet out, take the shot. And a lot of times, we're still giving it up for a pass. You know, that's just a message that has to sink in. 
especially when you're playing against good goaltending, like you see in Notre Dame and Minnesota Duluth, players think they need to make the perfect shot. Sometimes a little bit of volume, putting it in his feet, looking for rebounds, those are the things you need to do. But you also need linemates who stop at the net and are in position to to get those rebounds. And maybe we'll see that with guys like Perbix and and Nelson and Burke and um, Myers. That's something that can work for a college hockey team. Isn't it quite a contrast between the Gophers who overthink their shots and Penn State who maybe underthink their shots (laughs) and just fling everything at at the goalie? You know, I mean, well, I think one of those things is everybody on Penn State knows where the puck's going. So they put tons of pressure on opposing goalies because the goalies know it's coming. The defensemen know it's coming. So everybody's trying to get to the net and stop. Yeah. And, and usually they're there. Yeah. They are. What can you do? Just they, like you said, they just have to keep you know pushing it at them, and hopefully they'll get the message. That's, that's I'd hate to defend that. I mean, that's too chaotic. That's that's crazy chaotic it, watching them it, play. It is a little over the top, and then obviously the stats crew at uh, in Penn State uh, get a little overzealous. Sure, on their numbers, so much they so maybe that. get a little overzealous, but there are more shot attempts when you watch a Penn State team play. Even when they play at Mariucci, like Correct. they will be here in two weeks, <clears throat> there's going to be a lot of pressure in front of the net, and it's something that defensemen have to be ready for. And I think looking at some of Minnesota's defensemen the last couple of years, maybe being a little undersized, it's exposed that pressure. All right, well, I've got another question on Twitter, and this one's for you, Frank. Uh, Dave, I don't know. I'm not going to even pronounce his last name. He says, if you could pick anyone that you've never called a hockey game with, who would it be and why? <laughs> um, you know, I, I had this answer made uh, years ago. Does he? <laughs> so does this guy have to be alive? No, I, it's whoever you want it to be. <laughs> Jeff Sauer. Really? Yes. I I um, I just um, back in the final five days, I wanted so bad for the, to get a situation where the Badgers either weren't playing, or I don't know if it was after his retirement or whatever, that he would be available for a third place game because those third place games didn't do much to get your blood pressure or your heart rate going usually, and Jeff would just weave stories and he could talk X's and O's or he could talk stories or he could do whatever. I just thought that would be the that's one, I, and I've had that in the back of my mind as you can tell for years because <laughs> it's been ten plus years since I've done a final five, but or frozen whatever we called it. Uh, yeah, no, it would be Jeff. I alive now? I don't know. It would have to be somebody like him, and I don't know that I've got someone picked. Um, it, you know, I to work the, with now from the past, and that you guys did it once in a while. I always enjoyed when you brought Greg Shepard in. I mean, there's oh, yeah. a, you bring him from a period or something like that, and he's just got the personality and and the old school ways about him that, you know, I always thought he was very good. Obviously not a broadcaster, but I always thought he was good addition or added a lot of color to the to the broadcast. Oh, sure. Yeah, well, he's better than a lot of those refs that, that uh, the networks bring out for football. Those guys are as dry as bad toast. <laughs> uh, you know, Shep would be entertaining, and he would give you a straight answer about, you know, did the guy blow a call or didn't he? Exactly. And he would say it delicately, but he would, yeah. No, yes. that's, that. he was good. He was fun. Well, I know Mike Genzel always joked that when he was done coaching, he would he would 
be more than happy to go on the radio with you. So maybe we'll see that one of these days. Oh, boy. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good, too. Yeah. You know, I told Mike he should – he, like, I have any control. But years ago, I said, why aren't why don't you have your own radio show? I mean, he will talk any sport. He will talk odds and stats and personnel about virtually any sport. I thought he would be a great uh, all-purpose radio show host. Just an opinion. That's his next job, maybe. Who knows? (laughs) I don't know if he'd be able to sit still in front of a microphone or a camera, but maybe. We'd need a five-second delay. (laughs) Sooner or later, we'd get a bleep. Ah, you just make it. You just broadcast it on the internet. You don't have to worry about it then. Um, we got another one that came in a tweet from a little while ago. Arthur, he wanted to know for Frank. It's 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 more of a Wally story. But he says, "I have a childhood memory where every year New Year's the North Stars would play, and Wally would do an interview with Willie Platt between periods. He said Willie would always end their interview by cutting Wally's tie off with scissors." <laughs> Do you remember that, and is that accurate? Wow. Uh, <laughs> Willie Plett cutting Wally's tie. Uh, we might have to get Wally on just to see if that's I true. remember a tie cutting something or other. <laughs> I can't. I don't remember the specifics. Um, I know we had, when, when Hockey Night in Canada was producing those Spectrum games, yeah. we had these company-issued ties that weren't always the most stylish. <laughs> but they played well on a conservative TV show. And I, I know he got – there was high cutting that was going around. And I don't know if it was Wally or did they get Dave Hodge, the host. Maybe. There was something <laughs> Some uh, – okay, so maybe that's Frank's forum for uh, Friday night. I'll, I'll drag Wally into that one. Okay. Um, well, the, but the other tradition I do remember, I think on Christmas or Boxing Day or one of those – uh, you know, holidays around Christmas. I think Al had his one or both or three, because at one time I think he had two sons calling games, Wally and Gary, Greg. I don't remember. Uh, um, and I think they, they they had a family night in the booth then. That that was a tradition that I do remember. Okay. The tie cutting, I know it happened, but I don't remember it that well. <laughs> Very interesting stuff. I got to tell you, that's uh... – you guys are all national treasures. You realize that for us Gopher guys. You, I, Wally, the Booger, uh, McLeod, all you guys. Thank you. I um, I sometimes don't understand it, but I'll be here <laughs> as long as I can for you guys. Thanks. I mean, that, that's <laughs> – oh, dear. Okay, well, let's get some final thoughts on the weekend. At Michigan, they're a young team like us, Viggs. Um, how do you think the boys come out this weekend? It's got the feeling of a split. Uh, I just think Minnesota doesn't have the discipline yet to take away all the points from a weekend, but I think they have enough talent where they've shown what they can be. It's just I'm not expecting to see it for a whole weekend. The biggest thing I'm looking for is discipline taking penalties. You don't want to see them taking penalties when they're on the power play, and you don't want to see them taking penalties behind the player in the offensive zone. If they can get out of the weekend without those issues, I think that's progress. Uh, I'm going Uh positive. It's been a while. We're going go for sweep at Yoast. That's all I got to say. Positivity. We need more of it now. Okay. 
What about you? Frank? It's not out of the question. I don't think it's out of the question. I, uh, if the boys find their sink and get going, um, I, I think there are elements there that could have a nice coming out party here. Could be could be a lot of fun. Um, but it is a road game, and you know the safe bet obviously would be the sweep. But I, I think it could. I, I don't. I'm not worried about the discipline being because I don't think it's going to be that kind of an intense. Um, yeah, we may have. We may have. Four penalties called all weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way these two schools play, I think. So well, I'm I just, too... I just, I'm not so worried about the discipline, but it's the la- it's the lazy penalty that can kill this team. You know, when you're playing a team like Michigan that has talent, putting them on the power play can get you in trouble. And as yeah. Bob Moscow talked about this week, you know, they've given up three power play goals the same way to three different teams. So it's something they don't want to be messing with too often. Yeah, right. And when we got to find some goals, so that that's yes. somehow has got to happen. And I'm going to work on McManus's stick. I, uh, I'm that's going to happen either Thursday or Friday. Put and, a little baby powder on there. <laughs> I will let you know in Frank's forum the second part of Frank's forum on uh, Friday night. Okay, I have a question for you, Frank. You had mentioned this yeah. during the broadcast on Friday, and I talked to you a little bit on Saturday. Did you ever find out? If uh, another college team had two drafted goalies, no pressure. No, I ha- <laughs> no, no. I, ha- <laughs> um, I haven't. I, a uh, um, friend of mine, as a matter of fact, Herb Hollenstein, who calls the games uh, for Ohio State, I ran it by him. Um, he gave me, he said, I don't know, but here's two thoughts. Uh, Denver, when they made their run in uh, 04, 05, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and Maine whenever Jimmy Howard was up there. And I don't, so I haven't looked beyond that. Um, Those were just possibilities. But the other thing is, I mean, hey, just to get to draft, get a single draft draft goalie. (laughs) No, yeah. So I I don't know. So this is, um, I don't know. I don't think the Gophers have ever had two. Do you ever? I don't. I don't think so. You remember Viggs? I don't. Did we lose Viggs? No, no, I'm trying to think <laughs> who Frazee might have played with. Because Frazee was a drafted goalie, but he was under a little bit of pressure. And I feel like they might have brought in some other guys who were drafted. Was that, was that now, I was just there? looking at the Denver team, and Menino wasn't drafted. He was a heck of a goalie for Denver, but he wasn't a drafted goalie. So maybe that 05 Denver team didn't have two. Yeah. Drafted goalies. Uh, he he was no sin away while in Imo. They got great names there. Uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I tell you, you know, while in Imo is on Twitter too, and uh, we'll still interact with friend, with fans if you <laughs> if you call him out. How how old is he now? Do you think? Oh, he's older than me. He's probably in his late forties, early fifties. He's got to be early fifties. Oh God, that scares me. But because I want to, that's not that's. Well, or maybe he's around. Well, maybe you know what? I don't know. I, everything is foggy for me. I just remember how much fun he was. That's all. I mean, oh, he was right. He was he, just he, a character. He, he was out having fun. He he was a crazy goalie, and he flaunted it. He's like, bring it on. So I, that's why I always enjoyed him. All right. Well, th- I, we got to wrap it up here. We've been talking for a long time on this podcast. Frank, thanks for coming on. You're the seven time champ here. 
My pleasure. <laughs> this was fun. This is a writer. I'm, it's always uh, fun. I'm, I'm going for my old rosters now. So we have like a post show party here. Don't yeah, we, we do. Yeah. We've, we've got and Frank. I hate to break it to you. Kangas and Patterson were both drafted. Oh, oh, there you oh, go oh. on a gopher team. I couldn't get my get, you got numbers or you just got names. You got like rounds. Yeah. Uh, fifth round for Kangas, fourth round for Patterson. Wow. So, okay. Moan and, you know, LaFontaine, higher picks maybe, but. All right. Well, there you go, Frank. We got your answer. We, Bingo. We, leave it to Viggs. He's the man. Leave it to Viggs. That's got the makings for a great TV show. <laughs> leave it to Viggs. Leave it to Viggs. <laughs> now you're really dating yourself there, Frank. Word. <laughs> Don't be hard on the beaver. Um, okay. Well, thanks, Thank Frank. We, we always enjoy having you thanks, on. Thanks. Yeah. Remember, you can follow Frank at MazPuck on Twitter and, you know, Tweet at him during games. He loves it. Oh, that's <laughs> pressure. But give it a try. Yes. If I'm conscious, I'll find it. There you go. Viggs, what are you working on at the Athletic? You got anything cooking in the hopper right now? Still got some stuff cooking maybe for Thanksgiving weekend. Okay. Then I won't okay. scoop myself. Yeah, we know you don't want to scoop yourself. But you don't want to give anyone else a, a tip off. But uh, look for that in Thanksgiving. So you can always follow Viggs at EVigo on Twitter. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of the GPL podcast. I want to thank Frank Mazzacco for coming on again. It's always great to have him on. And you can always follow him, like I said, at MazPuck on Twitter. You know, we'll be back next week to uh, recap this Michigan series and preview Penn State. For those of you listening live, stay tuned for overtime. For the rest of you, have a good evening. <laughs>